Pinto Beans rhythm section. Box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's said Hand over his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox and WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every Thursday evening at 6.30. Food and culture and woodblock prints and scary monsters that... that Are they really scary? That's really what we're here to find out. Are scary monsters really scary? Well, I'm here with an expert on the subject. This is uh, Marion Short. Hi, Marion. Hello. Can you come a little closer to the mic and we'll... Uh, like this? Yeah, that's, that's good. All right. So Marion Short is a woodblock artist. Yes, writer and woodblock printmaker. I've been printmaking since 99. Okay. And I uh, wrote a picture book that is surrounds it surrounds a Cacosaurus, okay. who is a, do you want the intro now? Sure, do the intro. Oh, okay. Uh, he's a roguish monster who is um, stealing cakes from a town, and it's really... Uh, distressing everyone, and so we have a town bereft of their just desserts, mm. and we have an appealing um, but problematic monster, and then we have a young boy on the eve of his fifth birthday, and there is a pivotal meeting. Wow. I yes. can feel the tension already. Right, right. Yeah. So this story of Kekosaurus is now in a couple of forms, Okay. And there's a form you'd like it to be in. Well, I eventually would like it to be um, a published picture book. Um, currently, I have um, every single page on display at the Gifts of Art uh, through the U of M Hospital. Uh, that is on display through June 11th. It's in the Taubman, uh, Taubman Center uh, lo North Lobby on the first floor. And that not only shows... Every page, every page is woodblock print of my own design, uh, complete with all of the carved text as well. Um, but it also has process shots and different variations of the different prints, because uh, this is a long-term project. I've been working on it off and on since about 2008, oh, wow. and I've sold um, many of the prints individually on their own. Um, to different people across the world, usually in the United States, but sometimes, you know, the UK or Hong Kong. Um, so every once in a while, I get surprising global orders, which is really fun. Um, but I would eventually like to get it all sealed together within a picture book. Um, but I think you saw the exhibit, yeah. and I created some explanatory, you know, kind of silly, kind of goofy uh, explanatory signage. And if something like that was included within the book, I think that would take it to a different level. It's almost, for me, it's almost a meditation on the artistic process. Mm. Since it was a long-term project, it really evolved for me, you know. So, so it starts out, I'm, 
The first block you see when you go to the Taubman Center says, Warning, the woodblock prints you are about to see depict scenes of widespread cake thievery, which may upset some viewers. (laughs) (laughs) Authorities have neither confirmed nor denied any such occurrences for Washtenaw County or its environs. That's correct. For questions or concerns, please contact your neighborhood cake watch. Yes, that that is correct as well. Yes, and that... That is one of the signs, that's an example of one of the signs that I created specifically for the exhibit. And so I hadn't originally thought that would be within the picture book, but wouldn't it be fun? That'd be very fun. Kind yeah. of a kind of a prologue to the book. Yes, exactly. Exactly. A community on alert, as it were. There you go. We're all, I think yeah. Ann Arbor is often alert for cake. Yes. So yes. So Cakeosaurus, see if you look at this, uh, it's not merely a simple warning poster, it's it's in black and white, but there's definitely a lot of movement going on. It's a woodblock print. The letters vary in size and style. They're floating pieces of cake. Yes, yes. A clawed hand on a door. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, that's a little bit of foreboding there. Right. There's, there's a little bit that is foreboding, definitely. Um, Are we going to see that clawed hand again, I wonder, as I look at the poster, you know? Mm, yes. Yes, that is that that um, little foreshadowing. Yes, definitely. So, in the course of the exhibit, this is kind of interesting because you can see basically a book of the future taking shape. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it's not often you get to walk down a single row and see an entire book vertically, not vertically, uh, horizontally like that. You get to walk through the book, basically. Yes, it's, yes. I think it's like fifty to sixty feet, something like that. I it's, did a very, very crude. It's a lot. It's um ten and a half panels, and each panel is uh, ninety-six inches long. And I had taken part in the Gifts of Art uh, program um, back in two thousand and eleven, and initially I had expected um, my gallery size to be similar um, to. Uh, the one that I had previously, but this actually was a lot larger, so it afforded um, a lot more room to play around. Um, you might have noticed that the title of the exhibit is Cacosaurus Scenes from a Picture Book. Oh, well, yeah. pretty much you, you have, unless unless I change it a lot in terms of publishing, um, you have the picture book there. You have the picture book, you have outtakes, you have variations. Um, so since I had that wealth of space... Um, I did play around a lot more. It's kind of an, a walking picture book. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Walk, walk through the book. This is at the Taubman Center at the U of M Library. And hospital. 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 I meant to say hospital. Yeah, that's yes. okay. <laughs> um, I went on Sunday, and I pretty much had the place to myself, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. The only catch is on a Sunday, there's one of the entrances is closed. You sort of have to figure it out. But, I mean, most days of the week, anytime, I mean... The hospital's open 24 hours a day, so right, how often right. do you get to see an art exhibit 24 hours a day, right? And there's there's convenient seating there as well, and it also is displayed very cleverly next to uh, the work of a, a glass artist, Jeanette, Janet Kelman. Um, she does glass cakes, and so those are within the 3D glasses, and I love, love, love that they decided to pair our work together. Cake with cake. In fact, uh, one of them was a maroon rose cupcake mm-hmm. made of, it looked, it said it's made of fused and slumped glass. Yes. How do you slump glass? It's I different wish... from slurping, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could tell you what slumped means, but I, I do not. Yeah. Alas, I do not. 
So it, it doesn't smell like batter either. And that's probably good because I'm going to quote from your book again here. <laughs> Cacosaurus smelled batter on the air like sharks sent blood on the water. Yes. Yes. That's one of the more surreal prints, but I, I really had... Uh, fun creating that one. Um, you have Cacosaurus rising out of all of these um, waves and sharks kind of leaping out at the bottom end of the picture. And then at the top, there's a row of houses. And two of the houses have an X above them, you know, no cake. And, oh. then, and then the third one has an asterisk above it, meaning, mm. hello, there's cake within. Ooh. Yes. So the Cacosaurus can smell that. Yes. Yes, he can. Wow. Yeah. Well, Cacosaurus, do you think Cacosaurus is scary or scary looking? What's your opinion on Cacosaurus? Um, well, I've, I've lived with him for so many years. He's not scary to me. Um, but there are a few images where he looks like he could be slightly evil. Could um, be, yeah, yeah. Could be. But I think in, you know, in, say, like a Cookie Monster vein, you know, it's it's all about the id. It's... You know, that that thing that I want, that I love, and I'm going to go for it and Cake. hang everybody else, you know. And, and so in Cake. that way, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of a traditional, um, in some ways, it's kind of a traditional picture book in that you have, you know, uh, an egg character and there needs to be some uh, civilizing force, but it usually will not be um, adults and parents are mysteriously absent, so... Yes, yes, actually. Yeah. So we can talk about, I don't want to necessarily give too much away, no. no, but we can sort of wink with little hints as to what this is about. For instance, the civilizing force we can talk a little bit about in just a second. Okay. In the meantime, uh, this is WCBN FM in Arbor. We are also simultaneously WCBN.org. It's Pandora's Lunchbox, and it's 20 minutes to 7. I'm with Marianne Short, the creator of Cacosaurus. We had a request, which I think I can fulfill about 80% of, possibly, um, for a song that might actually come in handy on a not-so-warm day like this, oh, a wet yeah. and warm day. Little Java might be just the thing. Maybe not for kids. Depends on the parents, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, a cup of Java with cake isn't such a bad thing in general. So here are the Ink Spots and Ella Fitzgerald, and this is Java Jive. Coffee and tea and the java and me A 
feeling warmer already. <laughs> that was the Ink Spots, and it's interesting, it's on an album called The Ink Spots with guest Ella Fitzgerald. Perhaps she sings on other cuts, but it is in fact The Ink Spots and Java Jive, later done in a version by the Manhattan Transfer, and lots of other people, I'm sure. Okay. It's, it's quarter to seven, it's Pandora's Lunchbox, and Arwolf has entered the room to get ready to give us Face the Music at Seven, lots of great music. Much of it from the first half of the 20th century. A lot of pianists. A lot of pianists. Yep. Good. <laughs> That's exciting to know what's coming up. So I'm here with Marion Short, the creator of Kekosaurus. And you, uh, there's a picture book in your future, uh, is what you're looking for. Yes, yes. And currently you have prints on Etsy, I noticed. I have prints on Etsy. Um, I, have, uh, I have the exhibit. Uh, at the uh, U of M Hospital? Yes, at the U of M Hospital, uh, North Lobby of uh, Taubman Center, and that's up through June 11th. And then um, I took part in Tiny Expo at the Ann Arbor Library oh, yeah. in December, and they bought several prints from me. And so you actually, um, in very short period of time, you'll be able to check out um, some of my framed prints. Uh, one is Caicosaurus related, and then the others are various other prints. Often they're worried animals because oh, I, I, I tend to always return to them. <laughs> Sometimes they're defiant. And then by the time I've switched from a doodle to the finalized drawing, they, they look anxious. But um, <laughs> yes, so there are different animals that um, have different sayings attached to them that are woodblock prints that uh, you can check out and have in your house um, for however long the library lets you keep them. There you go. So look out for that at the uh, downtown branch of the library. Mm -hmm. And woodblocks, well, that's an interesting kind of art anyway. How did you get involved with uh, woodblock prints? Well, I took a um, just an evening class at the Ann Arbor Art Center in um, 99, 
And I loved it as a counterpoint to having, um, at the time, I didn't have an office job. I was working at our beloved Borders. Um, so that actually was a wonderful mix of being really um, physically active and then also, you know, being stimulated. Um, but in subsequent years, I had office jobs. And so I loved being able to physically bring something into being you know, to draw it, to carve, you know, the negative space out of the wood and then um, create the prints uh, through pressure um, on the inked wood block. Um, and basically, you can do that wherever. You know, the first several years I was carving, um, it was just if the dining room table was free, you know, I, I could start carving something. Um, and I used to pick up scrap wood from Fingerly Lumber. Oh, okay. And uh, then later on, I shifted to more specialized printmaking wood, which is is uh, yummier to carve. And mm. yes, and... and <laughs> <laughs> Yummy and appropriate. Yes. I mean, I don't know if you can make cake out of it, but... Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, I haven't licked them, but... Okay. <laughs> um, it cuts. It cuts like butter. Ah. Yes. So... Um, yeah, I, I love I love how you can divide it into many different steps, and there are just uh, there there are happy accidents all along the way, and you have to kind of adjust your expectations, you know. And it and often it will, you know, your finished image will be maybe better than you had anticipated due to things you didn't intend, you oh, know. Yeah. And um, so that's really fun and. With multiple block prints, you can really experiment with color a lot. Though the uh, the prints that we're talking about currently, uh, those are single block prints. So those are just black and white, um, you know, for a more bold look. Yeah, Kegasaurus but... is all in black and white, but mm -hmm. it's very colorful in its own way, I'd say. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> and, I mean, the look of a wood block print is pretty distinctive. I mean, mm -hmm. it's... And the fact that it would be in a picture book is is really cool because a lot of picture books are, I don't know, they're more, I don't, I don't know, commercialized maybe, something like that. Whereas a wood block has its own very organic, earthy look to it. Yes, I and and I I love that aspect of it, and I think that does really uh, come through in the prints that I do. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I have scanned them all into the computer and have, um, you know, touched things up or changed things in little ways uh, digitally, but it's still um, a much more organic uh, product that you see. And you, you do see some other um, children's book um, creators who use things like wood blocks and, and actually the, the art that I tend to like within children's picture books tends to be more... Um, have a more organic aspect to it. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, now you started with wood blocks, but you're also starting to go with uh, another medium or a similar medium? Um, well, I started using um, very soft linoleum. Um, and once you start carving with that, I mean, talk about like butter, like that mm -hmm. is that is very easy. You can really turn around and do a small carving very quickly. Um, so I started using that um, for cards. I do sell cards at um, primarily at bookstores, you know, like Literati, uh, Bookbound, um, the Irie, the Irie in Ipsy. I might be mispronouncing that. Um, and so 
they're that's just really fun for the ease of it. It does have a different feel, mm-hmm. and it does create um, a different looking print. Okay. But, mm-hmm. So, uh, Marion, you've created Kikasaurus. You also have various badgers uh, in yes. some of your artwork. Yes. There's also a neurotic man. Is it? Oh, or, neurotic man. Is, yes. he a, is he? A, <laughs> he's a superhero, right? The Adventures of Neurotic Man. <laughs> well, it's really funny. I um, huh, huh, what should I say with that? That was a very, very brief dating um, that followed a, 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 a very brief relationship that I had with someone. <laughs> and so it's it's kind of a blanket. It could be a cape. Um, <laughs> and he's just, you know, he's kind of um, consumed by his worry, I would say. But yes, I, yes, the imminent adventures of neurotic man. There you go. I, that struck a little close to home, I have to say, in my life. But, yeah, so it's something that could be universal. It could be universal. <laughs> Some people could call me neurotic as well, so, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we can all point to it, I'm sure. There you go. Well, I'm, I've got a little bit of a monologue-type thing to play right now. This sure. is called Cake for Pronoun. Oh. This is Coil and Sharp. This is, These are recordings from the early 60s. These are audio visionaries. Uh, this was recorded in 1963, and I don't totally understand it. It's basically man on the street interviewing people. I don't know how much of this huh. is real and how much of it is surreal. Well, it's all real and surreal. But okay. So here is uh, Cake for Pronoun um, in, in tribute of, to Cakeosaurus. Thank you. It goes like this. <laughs> Excuse us. We have a what we call word trade. We stop people in the street. We exchange a word for something that they are carrying. What is this you have in your hand? It's a kink. Uh, my cohorts at work are going to consume it. Can we trade a word for your cake? Why well, should say not? It's an attempt to introduce something that is non-solid into the world of solids, into the world of matter. A word is essentially non-material, right? Yes. The cake has substance and therefore yes. is matter. That doesn't sound right to me at all. Huh? In what way? Well, a uh, cake is something you can... It's, you can see it and it's there and words are are just vibrations. I mean, you can always... Words can change a man's life, can't they? Mm, yes, I would say so. And can the cake really change a man's life? Has, un- which has had more influence in the history of mankind, words or cake? Well, I say it all depends where the words uh, are placed. Are you opposed to literature? Uh, no, I think it's great. What do you place more emphasis on? Be honest. What do you have more respect for? The ability to communicate or cake? See, the cake uh, isn't all mine, see, and I don't have the right to, to exchange it for the words, see, otherwise I, I might, I don't what are know. We, what are we asking you to do? In essence, you're, you're saying that words are more valuable than cake, and you're, you're saying that you're going to give me the words in exchange for the cake, and... Uh, Even if we were going to give you, oh, a pronoun? Uh, the type of the word would, would have no value as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what do just, you mean? Yeah. You would have full use of whatever uh, etymological units we gave you, you realize. You would have full use for the remainder of the day. This wouldn't be a restricted well, I usage. I, I think I'd have use of it whether you gave it to me or not. It's your word. You, you, you can't... No, uh, not because we, we hadn't made the exchange. Let us give you an entire clause. Is this, uh, this clause is going to be of any uh, significance? I mean, is it going to uh, tell up me to you. that I don't know? Or? It's up to you how you use it. You say that I'm going to use this clause if you were to give it to me. Is that it? Uh, yes, I mean, and you might use it to your own you value. Might, you think it might be some value to me? Uh, Probably more value than the cake. We're doing it not to get the cake, or we're doing it to interest people in the value of words. No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. I originally had the word his in mind, which was a pronoun mm-hmm. you were going to have use of for the entire day. Or we might have given you the word there, mm-hmm. the possessive word there. 
Yeah, well, I, I've already used the word his and their, and I don't think in that respect to you would be actually giving me anything. Then you already owe us the cake. Well, uh, I say it's not my cake. If you want to come down to, down to the office, I'm... Could we really? Can we join you now? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> that is Coil and Sharp with uh, Cake for Pronoun. That was from 1963. Well, words are just a vibration, you know. Right. But I think cake does have value, especially to Cakeosaurus. Obviously. Yes. Yes. So without giving too much of the story away, by the way, I'm talking to Marion Short, the creator of Cakeosaurus. What brought Woodblock Prince at the U of M uh, Taubman Center uh, Hospital, at the Taubman Center, and a future <laughs> picture book, we hope. Yes. Um, is there a fellow named Quimby? Is that the name? There is a fellow named Quimby, and um, the pivotal scene uh, Quimby is awake. He, it's the night before his fifth birthday, and mm. uh, Quimby lay awake, excited by promise, ensnared by bedsheets. When suddenly a sound broke the quiet. Ooh. Yes, not a something, not a something, not a train in the faraway dark. <laughs> <laughs> not a train. <laughs> but suddenly, um, there was the slow creak of a screen door opening mm. and so he raced downstairs to investigate and this is where you know that the parents are mysteriously absent why would they not hear this why would they not hear this but within picture books we accept this conceit that yes. somehow they just don't hear these huge things kids, um, kids know things right yes. they, he knows things he realizes cacosaurus is coming and they come together just as Cacosaurus in an earlier vet version was trailing his claw across the icing of his birthday cake oh that his gosh. mother had made. Mm. Yes. And he is shocked. Both are shocked. Cacosaurus had never been caught. Um, Quimby's cake had never been stolen. And Quimby's outrage at this happening to him overrides any fear he would have had you know, um, of the monster. And so he shouts at him. And I don't know how much more to give away, hmm. really. So that's the confrontation. In fact, we should just leave it as a cliffhanger. What do you think? Okay. All yeah. right. Let's do that. What happens next? Yes. <laughs> Find out by going to the U of M uh, hospital at the, in the Taubman Center in the gallery, the Cacosaurus picture book story in a sequence, you can walk through the whole story and experience it yourself. Yes. Okay. Highly recommend it. <laughs> yes, I do too, actually. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. And and it's definitely not a cutesy kid story. If you don't like cutesy kid stories, it's it's more, it's fun. It's a little mischievous, mm -hmm. organic, mm -hmm. and it's about cake. So yes. pretty much. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Marion, so much for coming by Pandora's Lunchbox. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And how long is the exhibit at the library? At the I keep calling it the library at the, uh, <laughs> at <laughs> at the, the hospital. hospital? Um, up through June 11th. Wonderful. Okay. Well, let's go out with an important song about cake. This is uh, those two great American artists, the Cookie Monster and the Count. If I knew you were coming out of baked a cake, this is our <laughs> national anthem. And this is WCBN FM in Arbor. I've been Mike for at least a half an hour. Thank you again, Marion. And thank you. Our Wolf and Face the Music is next. And away we go. Okay. Hey, count, count, hold. Stop playing. Ah, oh, Cookie Monster. Well, well, well. 
three worlds. Ah, ah, ah. Me no know you play piano that good. Of course. Oh, do me a favor. Look, me found terrific song. It's all about food. Yeah, would you play piano and me sing it? Here, go. Here's song. Yeah. Boy, not like that. Here, like paper say, okay? Real jumpy. Ah, it, very good. It's uh, all about food. I will count the notes. 88 wonderful piano notes. Ah, ah, ah. Sing it, Cookie Monster. Okay. If we knew you were coming, me to bake the cake. One cake. Bake the cake. Two cakes. Bake the cake. Three cakes. If we knew you were coming, me to bake the cake. Four cakes. How'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? Three, how'd you do? If you drop me a letter, me would hire a band. One band. Hire a band. Two bands. Hire a band. Three bands. If you drop me a letter, me to hire a band. Four bands. And spread the welcome mat for you. Thank you very much. Now, me don't know where you came from. Over there. And me don't know where you've been. I've been counting. But it really doesn't matter. Grab a chair and fill your blood and run. Dig, dig, dig. Right in. Three digs. If me knew you were coming to bake the cake. One cake. Bake the cake. Two cake. Bake the cake. Three If me knew you were coming me to bake the cake. Four cakes. How'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? Three more how'd you do? Now me don't know where you come from. I told you over and there. And me don't know where you've been. Counting of course. But it really doesn't matter. Grab a chair and fill your blood and dig, dig, dig right in. Three wonderful digs. If me knew you were coming me to bake the Thanks, Mike. That just made my entire um, week, at least. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, isn't it? My name's R. Wolf. Time to face the music. And we've got a whole lot of Harlem Stride Piano. I do this every year in the month of May. I just really get into it. And it's all the fault of Thomas Fats Waller, uh, born in uh, 1904, on May 21st. So, uh, no, I'm not going to do nothing with Fats Waller. I'm playing, uh, there's some Fats Waller in here, but a whole lot of his friends and mentors. For example, James P. Johnson, who taught him how to really play in this style and how to live it up. This, uh, this recording of James P. Johnson was made in 1943 for the then somewhat new Blue Note record label. And it's, um, it's called the Gut Stomp. Now, you might think, wow, that's, it's really visceral, right? It's really gutsy. It's got lots of intestinal fortitude. But actually, this was a reference to a, um, a district in Upper Manhattan, right? Or West Manhattan specifically, uh, called The Gut, also known as San Juan Hill. And if I look at this little um, news item from 1905... From the New York Times, it says uh, it's, there's a report on a, a race riot, actually, that took place in this, in this part of Manhattan at that time, unfortunately. But it, it indicates that 
San Juan Hill is where Amsterdam Avenue rises to a point at 62nd Street. The gut is the same street where it runs down to West End Avenue. And actually, if you if you research it, it's uh, this is one of those streets. It's sort of like we have a few of those in Ann Arbor where you go for a little while.